Is this on? Test, test. Can you hear me? Test, test. Huge week on the John Egris Show, episode six. Big week. We have Travis Armstrong, Army, the Arm Dog, Finlandia captain, ECHL, SPHL legend, first athlete ever to hop onto to the show. Uh, we're boys. We're buds. Didn't know him before. Never spoke to him before. We're guys now. I'm, he's, I'm proud to say he's my guy. Um, hope everyone enjoys this interview. Like always, Hilo, take it away. Yeah. Hot info on the John Igger show. On point with his takes like it's bingo. Appreciate, never hate, that's the lingo. Money dance, touchdown, Ocho Cinco. Hot info on the John Igger show. On point with his takes like it's bingo. Appreciate, never hate, that's the lingo. Money dance, touchdown, Ocho Cinco. Hot info, hot info, hot info. Hot info, hot info, hot info. John Igger, John Igger, John Igger. Show. Joining the show is a monster on the ice. Standing at six foot five from Smith Falls, Ontario, he achieved legendary status with the Kentville 73s in junior A hockey. He moved on to Hancock, Michigan, where he was the captain, the copy of Finlandia University, the hockey team, D3 hockey. Since then, he's been grinding it out in the ECHL and SPHL, earning a reputation as one of the baddest motherfuckers on the ice. Travis Armstrong, Arm, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. That's uh, I should record that audio, that intro there, and use that for any uh, any sort of applications that I need to use. Perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll clip it and send it your way. Yeah, that'd be huge. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, w- where are you right now? Uh, right now, I'm in Roanoke, Virginia. Okay. And uh, yeah. are, are you? Uh, well, we'll get into your career, but let's talk about right now a little bit. Are you planning to to suit up for 2020, 2021? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, as you may may or may not know, the team that I re-signed with at the end of last year uh, opted out uh, for this season, obviously for COVID. Um, I think we were one of five other teams in the SPHL that uh, decided not to play. Um, so with that, uh, within those five teams, everybody became free agents. Um, so I, uh, I signed with the Knoxville Ice Bears to continue uh, playing professional hockey so I will be reporting there in mid-December uh, god willing so I will be an ice bear this year which is kind of strange an ice bear um ha- are you a rival with the ice bears at all previously yeah so like I basically played my entire SP career in Roanoke and we're only like four hours tops apart so we play like I don't know I want to say like maybe 10 games per year in uh in Knoxville so I've I've had We've had some good tilts with that team over the past, like, I don't know, I guess three or four years. So I was, I was actually looking it up. Um, I think I have my like most fights against that team. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just cause I see them all the time or what the, what, what the uh, actual occasion is, but I just, uh, I don't know. I just, the, the ruggedness comes out when I play against Knoxville. Have you had that in the past where you had to, uh, you're either traded or you signed with a new team where you, you, had a, a rivalry with, with someone on that team and like how how do you how'd you guys I guess make it up like how awkward was that um or has it just never happened no it's happened because my first year I was in Louisiana for the ice skaters in 2015-2016 and then that team folded um and then two new expansion teams came in the following year so I was a free agent to be picked up in the expansion draft so I got picked up by Roanoke um and there was a couple guys that got picked up that I played against previously uh, that I've met throughout the years. And uh, 
yeah, it's it's one of those things where like on the ice, you're just a whole different person than when you get off the ice. And um, like when I saw I saw one guy, Jeremy Barons, I was only, I was only with him for a little bit before I got called back up to the ECHL. But him and I had we, didn't, we never fought, but we had some serious battles. And when you see them off the ice, it's kind of it's it's more of a it's obviously more cordial. But you kind of I don't know. I feel like you bond with those guys more off the ice when you see them. If you like, let's say you get picked up by a new team. I feel like you kind of, I mean, I don't know if because you, you play that role, so you, maybe you understand, but usually whenever I have good battles with guys on the ice and I see them after, whether it's uh, just through a friend that I know or if I end up playing on the same team, usually uh, you either come become close or you just kind of you just forget about you know the past battles that you had on the ice. Fair enough. So uh, let's start with the beginning of, of your career. Uh, like I said in the introduction, you're from Smith Falls, Smith Falls Ontario. Yeah. And you played uh, junior A hockey in the C- CJHL. I did. Uh, for the Kentville 73s. That must have been a lot of fun playing in uh, Northeastern Ontario, uh, minor hockey or junior hockey. Yeah, so junior hockey, yes. Yeah. So I, I'm from Smith Falls, obviously. So that's about a 35-minute drive from Kentville. So I was able to stay at home uh, all through my junior career, which I guess is, is good in some ways. But I guess, you know, it would have been fun to venture out and you know bill it in some uh in some capacity but it was it was nice that i was able to stay at home and play junior hockey at the same time but no it's good my uh actually my older brother Derek armstrong he played for the kempo 73s back i want to say like i don't know late late 90s i guess it was when they were a junior b team so i guess it was kind of cool i actually saw some familiar well i guess i didn't know them but they knew me when i when i came in and uh joined the team there's still some people and some fans that cheered for kempel back back in the late 90s that were still cheering for uh kempel uh when i showed up there so yeah it, it was a good experience man it was uh it's, it's a decent league a lot of d1 and d3 exposure so i uh I, I got a I, I got a good chance to develop as a as a junior player and make my way up to college. So what kind of uh, what kind of defenseman were you uh, early on? Were were you always a uh, big powerful like stay at home defenseman? Were you a puck mover? Who did you like? What kind of player are you? And who did you try to um, mold your game off of? Oh, I was I was strictly meat and potatoes in junior. Okay. I don't even really. Yeah, I was uh, didn't fight too too much. Um, I guess the opportunities never really came about. I fought a couple times my second and third year, but my first year I had nothing. But basically just a big, steady, stay-at-home D-man. Mm-hmm. Logged a bunch of minutes. Didn't really have to do too much besides, you know, keep the puck in my net as much as possible. But basically just glassing out and get off the ice is what I was doing. Yeah, well, there's always a role for that on every team, right? Right, yeah, for sure, yeah. So any um, any offers to the O? Or was Junior A? No, man. I, I was a compl- I was a late bloomer. I was as late as you can get. Oh, really? <laughs> it was a yeah. So I um, didn't have any O offers. I played Junior B when I was seventeen. I grew like six inches in one year. So I kind of, um, Jesus. I yeah. I, I grew. I was playing minor midget when I was or sorry major midget when I was sixteen. So that's when a lot of you know OHL teams were kind of pursuing players when they're you know a little younger, but. I kind of hit my growth spurt when I was around 16 or 17 and then kind of eased my way into juniors. And the more ice time I got in juniors, I guess the more I developed and I um, just, yeah, just turned into a more, a more complete defenseman in juniors, I think when I was done. So uh, you moved on to Finlandia university. Uh, What was that like all the way up in uh, Northern Michigan? That must've been fucking cold there. Dude, it's fucking freezing. It was like, like I'm from Eastern Ontario, so it's cold. So it's I I was I guess somewhat you know ready for it, but I don't think anyone's ready for the UP. Like <laughs> it was just like it would snow for like days on end. Like 
even when it wasn't like a blizzard snow, it was still just like consistent snow every day and not much sunlight up there. But honestly, the, the people there are super nice. They have uh, these things called pasties or pasties, you call them. Uh, yeah, it's that. like it's kind of like a, I don't know, it has a rutabaga, it has a ground beef. It's kind of like a, like a pastry. Um, but yeah, it, it was good, man. I, I played again. I played a ton of minutes there. Kind of was able to develop into a, a decent college defenseman, and I, I never really even considered professional hockey until like my junior year. So I was just literally just kind of happy to be playing college hockey and getting an education at the same time. Then it all kind of, I kind of worked out. Yeah, it's awesome. You're living the dream. Was there any uh, offers from other universities, or was it always Finlandia? Yeah, so I got accepted to Saint Effects in the CIS. Okay. Out yeah. in Antigonish, Nova Scotia. My uh, brother and sister went there. Brother played football. So I was kind of, I just kind of applied there just to see, uh, I guess, what would happen. Got accepted. And then, um, I don't know, they have a bunch of major junior guys that go there. It's, it's, uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty high caliber, I guess, league for universities up in the, in the uh, East Coast. So it was, uh, I think they had me slotted in as like seven or eight D men my first year. And then kind of was up to me to work my way up. So as far as development goes, I didn't think it was the best opportunity for me to, to go there and play a ton. Yep. And so uh, there, there was that. A couple of D3, I visited a couple of D3, D3 schools, Buffalo State, went there and uh, checked out their campus. Super nice. Um, but yeah, Finland was the kind of the, the, the place that kind of felt like suited me the most. It was kind of my last option before I had to decide whether I was playing college hockey or not. So I just kind of bit the bullet and went with them anyone uh did he play with anyone at finlandia who i would maybe know of i, I looked through the roster i didn't really <laughs> yeah. be completely honest i didn't know a whole lot of people on that team but any notable alumni or anyone you played with that it's a good you know, question still um well there, there was like well my my roommate there jordan mar he's from scotland he's still playing uh he's a goal ontario or, or no scott like actual scotland over the U over in the uk oh, wow. yeah yeah so he's like he's one of my good buddies he ended up going to play uh, over in Europe for I think he's he's still playing now. I'm not sure what his status on the is. Pod. For, we should oh dude, you should get him on the pod. You yeah, you would die here hearing this guy talk. He <laughs> he he has, good, he has some good stories too. Um him, um as far as still playing man, there's not much like just trying to think. There's a guy, Travis Hansen, who was the assistant coach when I was there. He played a bit of pro in the SB in the coast, but other than that, man, I'm kind of the last man standing as far as Finlandia alum. For you. Okay, so tell me where you're at. It's your senior year at Finlandia. Uh, your careers or your university career is coming to an end. Uh, are you planning on turning pro? Or are you planning on hanging up the skates and you know taking something else up? What what's what's going on in your mind? Yeah, so about I would say three quarters through my senior year, um, I got a phone call from a guy named Jay Storm, who ended up being my I guess you could say agent through my, uh, the duration of my career. Um, so there's a guy up, up in the UP that kind of refers this guy players. Okay. And so he, he's never seen me play at, at this time, but he, he kind of, we kind of kept in touch, um, over the last, like, you know, three quarters of the season. And, um, as soon as the season was done, I remember it was a Saturday night, our last game, um, was at home. We had a good year on party. And then around Monday, Monday rolled around. He gave me a call and saying that Kalamazoo Wings in the ECHL was looking for a D-man. I guess they were short with some injuries and call-ups. And I didn't really take it too seriously. I was kind of like, because he, like agents, they like to, you know, 
kind of like toot your horn a little bit and kind of say things that you don't know if it's going to be, you know, if it's going to work out or like not. I'll, I'll stroke you off I'll, a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Give you a yeah. stroke off. So I wasn't really sure um, how legitimate this opportunity was. So I kind of like didn't really take in, into too much consideration if this was going to work out or not. And then, um, so we kind of kept in touch over Monday and then Tuesday he gives me a call and said that it's a full on, it's a, it's a full on go. Like you're going to be going to, to Kalamazoo to play on a ATO, which is amateur, an amateur trial. And so uh, that was it on Tuesday. So I literally had to pack my bags because um, I had a buddy who was leaving town to Marquette, which is like two hours east of Hancock. And I was going to fly out of there. And we kind of had a whole, a whole arrangement made where I was going to fly from Marquette to Detroit, Detroit to Kalamazoo and get there for a Wednesday night game. And so uh, we get to Marquette Tuesday night. I have a flight out of Marquette, I think at like seven o'clock in the morning, something like that. Get up, I hit the airport. I uh, go through customs, all that. And then I realize that, you know, my flight is getting delayed and delayed. It's kind of, you know, I'm realizing that my connecting flight from Detroit to Kalamazoo is going to overlap at some point. And so I'm actually in the plane at this time. And I text the coach and just say, coach, like, there's no way I'm going to make my connecting flight. This is on a Wednesday. We, we played that night. Oh, shit. And so uh, he's like, oh, no worries. I'll send a driver to the Detroit airport so he can drive you from Detroit to Kalamazoo. So I'm like, okay, like whatever, whatever works. And so I uh, arrive in Detroit. I get out. I see this like Asian looking guy wearing like a black suit, like holding the sign saying Travis Armstrong. So I'm like, okay, I guess this is my guy who I'm going to be driving with to uh, Kalamazoo. And uh, he gets all my stuff. We load in. And at this point, it's like around 2.30 or 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We play that night at like 7 o'clock. Okay. And typically, uh, not to cut off your story, but uh, how long uh, before do you get to the arena before a game? Like a couple hours? Usually, yeah. Usually, if his game's at 7 o'clock, you get there at like 4.30 or 4.45. Okay. Gotcha. But um, in this circumstance, I wanted to get there at least at like 3 o'clock to kind of get my gear sign the contract, whatever, kind of do all the uh, logistics, the uh, logistics. So we drive two hours from Detroit to Kalamazoo. I get to the rink at like four o'clock and I haven't eaten anything all day. I, ha- I remember I had a croissant sandwich at the airport at like seven 30 in the morning. And that was the only thing I've eaten. I haven't slept and where am I? I'm wearing like, you know, jogging pants. I'm just, I'm just looking like a wreck showing up to the rink. Like, Hey, I'm like, I didn't know where to go when I walked in the rink. It was just kind of a whole shit show that was going on. I'm like the first day I'm going to play a professional hockey game. And so I, uh, I get there, whatever, kind of all of my stuff, I get fitted in my gear. And then I tell the coach, my coach, like I haven't eaten anything all day. Like, like, what can I do? He's like, Oh, here, here's the keys to my car. Go grab a sub. So go grab a sub with somebody down the street. So I'm like, Oh fuck. Okay grab his car this is, and like this is in february so like the snow was pouring down ice yeah the icy roads it was just it was like Massive. it was like everything was telling me not to play this game it seemed like you know mm-hmm. and so i go to subway get, get back and i'm like getting undressed with all the guys like they're all wearing suits everyone's looking professional i'm kind of you know a bit naive right first pro game ever i'm just like not sure what to do are you just sitting there quiet just sitting there quiet just you know not speaking unless i'm spoken to right and yep. just kind of just you know taking it all in and then I don't even know what happened. I remember going out there for warm-ups and we're playing wheeling and like they have all the Pittsburgh Penguins gear on. I'm just like, what am I doing here? Like it was such a, it was a, it was such a moment like where I just remember like, you know, I'm, I was coming from basically like the bottom D3 team of the nation to playing in the East coast league. It was just kind of one of those moments. And 
I was pretty obviously pretty nervous just because you know in my head I'm like I shouldn't I shouldn't be here kind of thing you know kind of doubt myself like so is is your uh, in your head though are you feeling like holy shit like I made it I came from I I developed late in junior hockey I played for one of the uh, one of the worst uh, no offense one of the worst no, yeah. three uh, programs during those years like now I'm playing in and legit professional hockey or was your mind or was your mindset you know what i'm not there just yet like this is just well, the beginning yeah like i i reached that moment when the game was over and i'll tell you why i just um it was like i'm kind of here i didn't really i'm like okay everything went against me today i was just like i'm just gonna just go out there and play hockey and just kind of hope for the best i didn't want to like jump to conclusions too quick before you know i went out there and just shit the bed all game mm-hmm but I don't even remember the game, but all I remember was I had literally probably the best game of my life. Like I was, I don't know if like guys were just more open down there or what it was, which is probably it. But like, I was making just like great plays. I got an assist. Like I was, I wasn't making any mistakes. It's kind of one of those games where I just like, I don't remember what happened. All I do is all I knew was that I was just like, I was just playing hockey and like that was once that happened, it's just like, Oh, like, you know, like it's just, like all the preparation it, it all counts but it's just like when you show up like you just have to play like even with everything going wrong that day i just knew that i had to just show up there and play awesome and so, it was, yeah go ahead yeah no i was gonna say like and then after the game happened it was uh, a cool moment where I th- it was the goalie joel martin he had like the player of the game jacket and he kind of gave a good speech and then at the end he's just like yeah like to, to a guy that flew in today kind of flew in late you know not expecting to do much. He showed up and played a good game. Then he, he gave me the player of the game, Jack, and it was just like icing on the cake from there. Yeah, 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 it's it's fucking pretty, awesome. pretty cool feeling. Yeah, it's like uh, you become officially one of the boys on the team then. Yeah, yeah. So like all, all the stress that I endured throughout the day just kind of went away after that. So um, I, I got to ask you some questions about your ECHL career. Looking at mm-hmm. your hockey DB page, 2016, I need to ask you about this season. You played oh, what a, what a on... Year. One so including SPHL, you could you played for one SPHL team and then you played mm-hmm. one, two, three, five ECHL teams. How um how how how, how does that happen? <laughs> oh fuck. It was uh yeah, that was a whirlwind year. Um sorry about that. Um yeah, that was my second professional year. So that was yeah, 16, 17. Honestly, man, it was like when you're going through it at the time, it's just like, you're just kind of doing it right. Like you don't really think too much. I was obviously still naive as a pro. I didn't really understand like how, how it worked totally as far as, you know, getting called up and sent down. I was just kind of like taking any call up that I could get, but um, I started the year. What do you mean call up? What do you mean by call up? Oh, just like, so it's like an ECHL team calling you up from there from, from uh, just from any team. So I started in Roanoke and then, I got called up. Oh, ECHL will call you up from the SPH. Exactly. Yeah. So they'll call your coach. The coach will come tell you you got called up. So I understand. um, Yeah. So I was, I was in Roanoke, uh, I guess what, 20 games that year or so. Yeah. Uh, I ran 20 games, 22 games. Okay. So it was like, I started the year in Brampton, got released. Then I went to Roanoke. I was there for probably a month, I would say a month and a half. And then Norfolk called me up. Um, I was there for four games and five nights on the road. And then a couple of guys so got sent let, down. Let me stop you there. What, what, what was it like four nights uh, or was it four games, five on the road? What, yeah. Was four it? and five on the road. So, so basically, any, yeah, so basically uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, like, um, 
I basically showed up there, like I showed up at night while they're loading the bus. So I literally just like just showed up. Yeah, like here's my gear. And I, I, I packed relatively light, but I still had all my suitcases, my suits. I kind of had all my stuff on that road trip. And uh, it's actually another funny story. I, for that road trip, we went up to, it was Manchester and Adirondack, I believe. And I still didn't have my, my working visa, I guess you would say, for that, for the, for the ECHL. Mm-hmm. And so the coach, who was Robbie Fatorik at the time, he, um, he rented a car. And him and I drove up from Manchester to the Quebec border. So basically what you have to do is you have to go up, you tag up, they kind of look at your, your uh, I guess, your P1 visa that you're applying for. They stamp it and you, you become a legal citizen to work for, for a full year. And so I did that. Um, as we're driving up, he realizes that he forgot his passport, so he couldn't cross the border. So I had to jump. I had to drop him off at a Dunkin' Donuts straight before the border. So I crossed. I come back through, no problem. Um, I pick him up at the Dunkin'. I pick up Robbie Fatorg, a guy who's coached you know hundreds of games in the NHL. I pick him up at, at a Dunkin' Donuts. He gets in the driver's seat, and about probably you know twenty minutes into our drive back. He uh, he looks over at me. He goes, "Is there is there gas in this thing?" I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" I mean, I don't know. I think so. And I look over and I see there's there's no gas left. And I see I just feel the car just starting to slow down. I'm like, "You got to be kidding me, man!" Like, in the middle of I guess yeah the the highway up in you know northern New Hampshire, I think is where we were. So we pull over for like 45 minutes, waiting for I guess yeah down there AAA to come. Yeah. They came down, put gas in our tanks. We went and filled up. And then that was another night where I didn't get the, you know, we got back at like two in the morning and I played my first game the, uh, the day after, which was not like the first game I played in Kalamazoo. I'll tell you that. That's awesome. Um, so how, uh, okay. So 2016, you played on five different teams. So pretty much it was, you play a couple games to say, you know what, we're not going to resign you for a couple more weeks right so like on to the basically, next basically your, your contract in the echl is worth more than a piece of toilet paper it's just like it's nothing like you can sign a contract and they can like really see that day if they wanted to got it and so like on the way on the way back i uh they released me i'm not sure why i, I didn't have a great stint there so i, I can understand I, I wasn't like the greatest um i wasn't as consistent as i was today obviously being a younger a younger demon i think I, I was kind of a player that would try to do too much to try to be noticed more by the coaches and the staff. But in the end, that I think that uh, bit me in the ass bit just because I was, you know, trying to throw Hail Marys instead of just, you know, making sim- simpler plays all of the time. So that happened. I got released. So when you got released, you have 24 hours on waivers before you clear. And waivers is basically um, the whole league sees, the whole league in the ECHL sees that you are, you know, on the waivers and you can get claimed by another team. And so I cleared waivers there and then I was – as I was driving home, Manchester signed me that, yeah, they signed me as I was driving home. So I get back to Roanoke, kind of unpack a little bit, and then I pack up again. And uh, I drive up to Manchester again. And that was like, yeah, it's kind of, it's it's such an ordeal of like, people don't really see how, how much you travel and how much you have to unpack and pack and kind of get settled into a new environment. So that year was super, super tough to try and, I guess, find find my ground as a professional hockey player. And, um, but I know I take, I take lessons from it and it was, uh, I guess uh, I was, a, it was a good year nonetheless. At any point during that year, just like, are you just like, holy fuck? Like, this is a grind. Oh, yeah. Maybe this oh, is dude. it for me. Dude, the, I think it was when I got called up to Idaho. It was, it was, it was near the end, obviously, where 
I was in Idaho. I played one game there and I got released. And then Indy ended up picking me up and I played 16 games there. Yep. But they were, they were a last place team. And, uh, and it was at that point, I was just like, holy shit. Like, you know, it was such a long year of just traveling around. And like, you, you kind of wonder if, it's, if this is what you really want to do. I was kind of getting those thoughts through throughout the latter of that year. And so, um, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that definitely crosses your mind as you're, you know, on, on the fifth team, like you said, and you're just like, holy shit, like, is this going to be what I'll be doing for the next however long I want to play? And, yeah, um, yeah it, it was a tough end of the year, but I just, you know, I take it as a positive and I, I kind of corrected the mistakes that I made that year and kind of applied them throughout the rest. Cool. So I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do have a couple more questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so your, your past, uh, your last two years, you really mm-hmm. adjusted your game a lot, picking up a ton mm-hmm. of penalty minutes. Uh, yeah. It's like whenever I uh, search you up, obviously a lot of your clips on YouTube are, uh, are fighting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what made, like wh- what click, like what made you kind of change or adjust your game a bit? Um. I guess I would say at the beginning of the 2018, 19 year when I, I was, I signed in Kalamazoo. I was there for probably about a month and a half. Um, obviously not playing a ton. I was practicing a lot and it was kind of um, the last like, couple of years prior to that year, I was kind of like getting, you know, flashbacks of, you know, what happened uh, in the 2016, kind of 2017, 18 year. And so it wasn't really, I wasn't really too happy with how things were going up in the, at the ECHL level. Just, I couldn't really find consistency in my game. You know, I was kind of, I felt like I was, you know, walking on eggshells most of the time, just as far as, you know, on the ice is because I feel like any mistake that I would make, I would kind of, you know, insinuate that I was going to be either getting released or anything along those lines. So you're, you're afraid to go and play freely. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of, I was overthinking things. I would think a little too much and it obviously impacted my game, but. Um, I got sent down to Roanoke. My rights were there. So I, I, I went down there in about November and I made the conscious decision that I was just going to just stay there, not take any call-ups, just kind of, you know, enjoy the year, you know, be there for, you know, at least 30, 40 games or however many games are left in the year and kind of just enjoy hockey again. And I think that's when I, everything kind of fell, you know, into place the way I wanted to as far as my playing abilities. It was like around December where, where I really – kind of turned it on and you know was was producing a lot um not not afraid to make mistakes the coach there uh, dan bremer he's you know he's a super super good guy good coach loyal guy and he he kind of just like army just you know play, play your game you know play tough play rugged don't be afraid to make mistakes you know just kind of just go out there and kind of play your game and having a guy like that who kind of tells it how it is definitely helped me uh um be be an impact player which is what i wanted um so I, I watched a couple of your fights. Um, you beat the shit out of this guy, Al Graves. I'm not sure if you, if you recall that fight at all. Uh, do you need <laughs> me to stir the pot at all? Like, you know, Al Graves is a little bitch. Like, you need me to be a rat for anything? Or are you okay? Well, he was, he was wanting to fight me all game. I remember that. And then... <laughs> Why is he, that? Uh, Why is he just a... I don't know, because he, 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 he was kind of playing that role of, uh, I think... So you can only dress 10 forwards in the uh, ECHL and SPHL. Really? So that's, yeah, so that's three lines and then plus one. So usually that 10th forward wow. is a guy kind of like, kind of like Al Graves where he's, you know, a little bit, you know, um, a tougher guy who plays hard, plays a hard game, you know, finishes checks, you know, fights all the time. So he, uh, he asked me to fight that game. I said, no, just because I was playing a lot of minutes. He wasn't playing a lot. So it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, no, I'm, I'm good, man. Like, 
because he's, he's a little bitch i'll say yeah. <laughs> okay yeah there you go he's a little bitch right <laughs> and so uh actually he yeah so i was i remember it was a ddd pass i didn't see him coming at all and then he fucking smoked me like a clean hit a clean like it was like it was a great hit but i'm just like no fuck that and so like i just yelled at him and like let's go and so that's when we screwed up it wasn't really a great fight though it was like he was kind of he he's a really strong guy i don't really want to you know talk too much on his fighting style but i feel like he he's fought a lot of tough guys i'll give him that but he kind of likes to i don't know he uses his strengths to his advantage where he'll kind of he'll grab a hold of you maybe throw a couple and then try and try and take it down is what was what i uh is what i kind of gathered from how he fights so i just i just tried to you know keep it up as much as possible and then we both uh exchanged a couple and then ended up falling down so do, do you embrace that role as you are the captain right yeah or last year you were last year i was yeah so did you really embrace uh just looking at your your pims it looks like you did but the fact that you were the uh also you're i guess you were 30 last year 29 so mm-hmm. you, especially with the game nail being so young not calling you old by any means but like right, yeah. did you really embrace that role of the uh of the defenseman like captain that if someone took a, a run at one of your guys like you were the you were the guy on the team who not everyone would look at but you know you kind of for sure yeah yeah like, no yeah that's a good question it uh it's something that I feel like helps, helps our players, you know, play, play a little bigger. It helps them, you know, not go out there and be afraid to finish a check if they have to. It's, it's, it's important that for each team, I think to have those types of players to answer the bell if anything goes wrong. Right. So that's literally all I wanted um, to offer is, you know, boys, you guys can play, you know, play your game, play your style, finish hits, get, get into the mix. But like, if anything happens, just, just know that I'll, I'll answer the bell if I have to. So. Yeah, that's that. that's basically what I, what I was doing and i don't know it helps me like it, it helps me get into the game more when i'm when i'm playing a little more in your face or you know playing a little more tough it just helps you know it helps me open the ice for myself more so that way i you know i can uh, you know essentially make make more plays and um just just try to use my size to my advantage kind of thing that's awesome okay so i got two more questions for you yeah uh, second last question is um you were lucky enough i'm not sure exactly when it was but you did a media piece for the Renicky uh rail rail yard dogs what a name roanoke yeah roanoke, roanoke. yeah oh roanoke okay excuse yeah. me no you're um, good you got to drive in a prius yeah what was that like that must have been time of your life that was that was the best that was one of the best days that i've had here in roanoke it was uh yeah they do they do a little pub a little publicity uh marketing thing with Haley Toyota so I think every every week or so they pick one guy to to drive in a, a Toyota car or truck or whatever it gotcha. is and they, are you recognized at all in the town yeah it's it's pretty hockey's pretty popular here cool. and I've been here for I guess you know the majority of my SHL career I think I've played over over 100 games so you uh I, I get recognized I guess quite a bit but it's uh so you have to be you know be a professional at all times to make sure but yeah that hey that like that Toyota clip that was like when I, I remember when I got into the car, it was so freaking small. Like the cameras were like right in my face. And like, I was like, my knees were bunched up and I'm just like, man, like I had got one camera in front of me, one in the rear view and then one to the left. And I just felt like cameras were just all over me. Oh, trap. Yeah. Yeah. It okay. wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a comfortable ride by any means. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question for you. Uh, so we talked about your career and really how'd you get to, uh, you know, where you are now. So, as, as a kid who, you know, has always been behind the odds and had to grind in the minors and how to prove that he could belong, you've adjusted your uh, your playing style a bit. Mm. Let me ask you this. Are, are you still living the dream? Are you still having fun doing this? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
it, it's a blast man like, it's 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 you know I, I would i would encourage anybody to at least you know take the chance to if you, if you have an opportunity or if anything comes up to to play uh professional hockey and any league you know like sphl it's single a so it's it's low caliber but i mean you know the guy the guys here are great you know um the, the season can be a grind but when you when you're with you know a, a good group of guys you're kind of suffering together right so it's just like you kind of battle through you battle through, you know, bruises and aches together. And it's just, it's a, it's a sense of camaraderie, right? So you kind of build, you get to build, you know, relationships that last a lifetime and it's uh yeah, it's a super fun life. I'm, I'm planning, I'm playing after this year, maybe one more year, I'll finish up in Roanoke and that's kind of, that's kind of where I see myself in the next couple of years. What, any, any idea what the plan is after that? Like you want to get into coaching, you want to stay into hockey? Oh, I, I think I want to stay into hockey for sure. Um, I do some coaching here in Roanoke. I kind of help with skill development with some of the younger kids. Um, I got a girlfriend here now, so um, I would I would likely stay stay here nice. and uh, possibly hop on um, as an assistant coach in Roanoke if, if all goes well, if the opportunity comes around. But um, I think, yeah, I think coaching is something that I, I would definitely uh, like to get into in the future. Cool. That's awesome. Well, Army, I really appreciate you taking the time. Is this on? Test, test. Can you hear me? Test, test. Huge week on the John Eager Show, episode six. Big week. We have Travis Armstrong, Army, the Arm Dog, Finlandia captain, ECHL, SPHL legend, first athlete ever to hop on to, to the show. Uh, we're boys. We're buds. Didn't know him before. Never spoke to him before. We're guys now. I'm, I'm proud to say he's my guy. Um, hope everyone enjoys this interview. Like always, Hilo, take it away.